Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, as I mentioned last time, I'm going to be focusing much of this year on the Old Testament uh, text, looking, of course, at the gospel, but it's just my conviction that a lot of us Catholics aren't that good when it comes to understanding the Old Testament. And the church every Sunday purposely juxtaposes something from the Old Testament to help us understand the gospel. So I'll be kind of focusing on that in the course of the year. Well, the first reading from the prophet Isaiah for this weekend and our gospel are tightly linked. For St. Matthew, in articulating the meaning of Jesus, cites, as is his wont, I mean, Matthew was writing clearly for a a Jewish audience, because he cites the Old Testament all the time, you know, presuming his audience would understand. And what he cites for this um, uh, week uh, is a, a reading from the eighth and ninth chapters of the book of Isaiah. The prophet speaks there of conflict in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, and then of a great light that shines in that area, signaling the victory of God. So again, a text that the people of Matthew's time would have known, the Jews of his time would have known, but it's pretty obscure, I would say, to us today, and a fair amount of unpacking has to be done if we're going to get the meaning of this reference. So ancient Israel was divided into areas corresponding to the 12 tribes, which in turn, of course, were named for the 12 sons of Jacob. So Jacob has these 12 sons, and they become the the origin, the source of these 12 tribes of Israel. And the tribes were associated with particular areas of ancient uh, Israel, ancient Palestine. So for example, you've got the area of Judah and Benjamin in the south around Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Then a variety of northern tribes, Simeon, Dan, Asher, Gad, etc. You might have heard those names or come across them. Well, up around the Sea of Galilee, so the area that we know from Jesus, think of, of you know, Nazareth and Capernaum and Bethsaida and so on. Up in that area around the Sea of Galilee, there were areas associated with Zebulon and Naphtali, two of the sons of Jacob, two of, of the tribal areas. Okay. As we know, a united and powerful Israel would, the prophets hoped, be a light to the nations, a sign of God's presence. However, throughout its history, Israel was beleaguered, conquered, and in two famous cases, sent into exile. The first happened in the 9th century B.C. It's not as well known as the second, but in the 9th century B.C., the Assyrians swept through northern uh, Palestine, northern Israel, and they carried off into exile many of the members of these northern tribes, the ten northern tribes, 
including these lands of Zebulun and Naphtali around the Sea of Galilee. And then, of course, later in the 6th century BC, the, the more famous exile happened when the Babylonians swept through the southern area and carried off uh, the exiles. And this is undermining the hope of Israel, you know, because a united nation would attract the, the world. Well, now you've got the nation is, is, is uh, divided and separated and exiled. But as Israel's prophets often do, Isaiah, in the face of this truth, issues a bold prediction amounting to a kind of hope against hope. In the land of darkness, he assures us, in the place of exile and invasion, a light will shine. Now listen as he speaks. Anguish has taken wing. Dispelled is darkness. Upon those who dwelt in a land of gloom, a light has shone. And then he speaks explicitly of military victory and political liberation. Listen, and maybe you've, you recall this from the readings for Midnight Mass. Listen to him now. For the yoke that burdened them, the pole upon their shoulder, the rod of their taskmaster, you have smashed as on the day of Midian. What's he referring to? Well, he's referring to this invasion of the northern tribes, this carrying them off into exile. What he's saying is the invaders through God's power will be turned back. The people will be liberated. Hope will dawn. This is Israel's longing for the end of oppression and exile, the return of the tribes. Okay, now here's the fair question. Did this really happen in Isaiah's lifetime? Nope. Did it happen for the next several centuries? Mm Mm-mm. And yet, Israel oddly hoped. One day, Yahweh would smash the rod of the taskmaster. He would deal with these enemies. A light would shine in this dark place. Now, once we see this theme, you begin to see it everywhere in the Old Testament. So, in a very similar way, Ezekiel spoke of the absence of Yahweh from his holy temple, but that one day the Lord would return in glory to his temple. Did this happen in Ezekiel's lifetime? Mm -mm. Did it happen for many centuries after Ezekiel? Nope. And yet Israel hoped. They kept these prophecies in their minds and hearts that someday Yahweh would return to his temple. Just as one day he would deal with the exile of the northern tribes, a light would shine in that dark place. Maybe most famously, the prophet Nathan prophesied that the line of David would last forever. Look at um, 2 Samuel for the details there. David's line would last for all ages. Did this come true? Not really. 
I had a pretty good run. It lasted about 500 years after David. But then at the Babylonian captivity, David's line was, was severed and it was not renewed. But still, see, oddly, everybody, listen, oddly, Israel remembered that prophecy of Nathan. It kept alive. This is like a hope against hope because, it look, it looks like David's line is, is severed. It's over. It didn't happen. And yet they continued to look and to wait and to watch. These were some of the many texts that Israel consulted to understand its history and its destiny. Okay, against that background, we now begin to understand Jesus. Keep in mind now, we're reading from Matthew, and Matthew is always attentive to the Old Testament heritage. After their experience of the dying and rising of Jesus, they they were so overwhelmed that they, they began to cast about, looking for ways of understanding and explaining. And they went back precisely to these Old Testament hopes, prophecies, and expectations. They began to say, even though it looked like this would never come true, in fact, it has come true in the most amazing and unexpected way. See, now, now we begin to understand the New Testament, the Gospels and Paul, as these, these men shaped by Israel seek to understand the fulfillment of Israel. So, let's look back at these three. Did Yahweh, in fact, return to his temple? Ezekiel said he would. He left, but he, he'll come back in the great day. The first Christian said, yes. It happened when Jesus declared the imminent destruction of the old temple and then the construction of a new temple, meaning the temple of his body. He, crucified and risen from the dead, would become the definitive place of worship for the whole world. Yahweh's glory did return to the holy temple. How about Nathan's prophecy that David's line would go on forever? That seemed to be hopeless. It seemed like that line was over. But yes, it did happen. How? When the Son of God, who reigns eternally, became flesh as a member of the house of David. See, how important now in the New Testament that Jesus again and again is seen as the Son of David, coming from the house of David. Remember the angel's word to Mary at the Annunciation. He will be called the Son of the Most High and will rule over the house of David forever. Ah, it was the angel of the Annunciation who declared to Mary the Nathan prophecy has come true. Which brings us back now to the prophecy we have today. Would a light shine in the northern part of the country, that place that was bedeviled by invasion and exile, would it lead to the overthrow of those forces oppressive to Israel? Would it conduce finally to the gathering in of the tribes of Israel and finally the tribes of the whole world? Yes, said the first Christians. And it happened, here's our gospel for today, 
it happened when this obscure prophet who came not from Judah or Benjamin in the south, those kingly provinces, but came from this little town of Nazareth, listen, in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali, Galilee of the Gentiles. How they read Jesus. They weren't expecting the Messiah from that part of of the world. But they read him now in light of, of this great Isaiah prophecy. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali. Land of gloom, oppression, exile. From you will come a light. Friends, who's the oppressor who stands behind all the political oppressors of the world, from the Assyrians and the Babylonians to to political oppressors today? It's that dark power with whom the prophet from Nazareth did battle. What's the yoke that burdens us? It's finally the yoke of sin and death, which that prophet from Zebulun and Naphtali smashed on Mount Calvary when he swallowed up all of our dysfunction in the ever greater mercy of God. The people who walked in darkness did see a great light, precisely in the one who declared himself light of the world. See, that's what Matthew saw. That's what Matthew saw. Isaiah's ancient prophecy that seemed hopeless, hope against hope, has come true in Jesus, the prophet from Zebulun and Naphtali. And so, I'll bring it to a conclusion with this, Let's all get with his program. That's the point. Stop siding with the Assyrians of today, the oppressors of today, and join the army of the Prince of Peace. Become brother or sister to Andrew, Peter, James, and John, those first disciples that Jesus called when he emerged up in the land of Zebulun and Naphtali as light for the world. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.